No take backs, no fuck ups. Serious professional. Welcome back to Hellbent for Metal, the podcast that disappears without warning, only to resurface a few months later when you least expect it, which is both like tour dates over the last few years and also a former hookup most game by and men seem to have. Of course I fucked that up. <laughs> Standard. We're back. Hello. Welcome back to Hellbent for Metal, the podcast that disappears without warning, only to resurface a few months later when you least expect it, which is both just like tour dates over the last few years, and also a former hookup most gay and bi men seem to have had. I haven't, but I st- I've heard so many stories from mm. people like that. Like that guy mm. we met on Grinder once, and no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely wasn't going to ask, because I was terrified <laughs> of the answer. But I, you knew the answer. Let's be yeah. honest. It, the story always goes something like: we, I hooked up this guy. We met on Grinder. We thought we'd met. I thought he was only just in town for a, a few days, and then we ran into each other at a gay bar when I was with all my friends. And suddenly he wanted to be friends, and that was really embarrassing because he's cringe or whatever. That's normally that way yeah. the story goes. No, exactly. Like, just let me fuck you. I don't want to talk to you. Come on now. Yeah, men really are pigs. We're right to We're really bad. It's, it's, it's so many of us are really bad. Uh, enough of the dreadful filth, though, because there's plenty of time for that later. Um, this is Hellbent for Metal, the LGBTQ plus heavy metal podcast, in partnership with Notfest. I am Tom Dare, and contrary to what you might have heard, no, I'm not dead. And with me once more is the man who, according to the UK census data from 2021, is is from officially one of, percentage-wise anyway, the most gay cities in England. Uh, Matt, why did you leave Lincoln despite all those fellow fans of the fleshy fun tube? Don't like them, do I? Don't like the queers. You know this. Yeah, no, I've 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 heard no scurrilous stories about you in gay men or bi men or or (laughs) men just in general. You're an absolute bastion of Christian virtue, famously. Exactly. Massive heterosexual as well. Yes, and if you believe that, I also have a bridge and some magic beans to sell you. Uh, uh, well, that's the, that great mystery solved. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone who's been supportive while we've been off air. Uh, suffice to say, we've not been that well. And if we're honest, that's mostly me, because, oh shit, have I not had a fun few months. Um, I, I will talk about some of why in another show, because it has, is actually pretty relevant to what we talk about here. But I might need to get just a touch more stable before I do that. Um, in the short term, to keep me from breaking again, uh, we're going to be doing a slightly simplified show. It's it's still going to be us. It's still going to be, like, fabulous and camp and, and metal as fuck. Um, but we're going to bring all the other stuff back at some point. But first, we kind of need to make sure I don't wreck myself again um, in the process. So uh, we're going to kind of, we're going to build up to that. Uh, We're also going to start off doing every couple of weeks rather than every weeks, every weeks, every weeks. English is good and stuff. Um, Basically, if there are days that I just go, I can't today, Uh, we need time to do that and not have it completely bugger like the entire next week or so um we will review all this 
again based on how i'm getting on with it and if it's all going very well we might change things uh but there's no point in trying to set ourselves targets we i mean i can't keep before we get into the regular good stuff though uh who i mean sorry what have you been up to while we've been off air matt well i oh no i did do a couple of episodes after i got back from summer i was off gallivanting over summer and then i don't remember much of the last five or six months so i know it's fascinating i had a nice christmas so that was good. Although it seems like fucking years ago now. January does seem to go on for about, you know, six days. Doesn't it? Six days, mm. six years, I mean. Um, I had a, a shit Christmas. Not, it wasn't anyone's fault. I just didn't have a very fun one. I, I don't really like Christmas, though. It's, it's not for me. Um, I, I did, though, before Christmas, go to a lovely gig in Newcastle with um, friend of the pod and occasional, you know, emergency co-host when Matt's ill, um, Abby Alawalia, who uh, came all the way up to, from London to go and see Clutch with me, which was lovely. And we had a lovely time, even if it was the most bizarre Clutch set list I've ever seen. I heard a lot about that. I think it, like, they play a different set list on each show, right? It's yeah. Just like, <laughs> beat out. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of cool, though. Yeah, it's sort of cool. I... I still don't quite know how I feel about it, because obviously it was clutch, so it was great, right? It's not like it was shit, but I'm still not sure how I feel about a, cl- a band like that doing a set with none of their big, their biggest and best and most famous fo- songs, right? Like, cause it was, there were none of them. Like, you name it. Oh, no, I think there might have been one. There might have been one. It was virtually, there was, like, neither, no, neither of the two big ones off the mob goes what, off, um, uh, Blast Tyrant were there, so it was, and there was. I don't think it was anything off um, Earth Rocker. So it was, it was a very, hmm. like, there was a lot of old stuff in there, which was kind of cool. But I think if you were there for a boogie, it wasn't necessarily the best time. If you like stuff, if you like proper stone of rock, it was great. Um, and Green Lung oh, supported. Green Lung. Oh, Green Lung were fabulous. Like, it, like. There were a lot of people who you could see kind of visibly converting as well, which was nice. fantastic. Um, I think I might like them now as well. So, oh, good, that. yeah. And they are very good live as well because with a band like that, I mean, kind of similar to Clutch, right? Because the vocals are such a big component of the sound, they need to be nailed live. Because if not, yeah. it's it's over. That's it. You just yeah. might as well just they're an on record only band. No, they're great live. Vocals are nice. killer, and the 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 uh, audio in that room was really good. Like uh, City Hall Newcastle is a good venue for sound, and that really helps. The fact that I could very quickly go, I recognise that riff inside two seconds of the song. Um, nice. And you, there was uh, there was less of that with Clutch, not because you couldn't hear it. Not because the sound was worse, but because more of the songs I just hadn't heard before. Or like if I had heard them, I'd heard them twice, maybe. And was like, oh yeah, I vaguely remember this, but this is a lot off an album I've not listened to very much. Um, so yeah, b- brilliant band, odd, odd set list. I'm not sure I'm in favour of it. I'm not sure I hate it, but... like, I think if you're going to do a B-size and rarity set, you have to do- have a very specific aim. Like If you're going to go, we're going to play... Or if like Iron Maiden did a a show where they said we're only going to play songs over ten minutes long, or we're only going to play songs under four minutes long, right? So we're only going to get the short, fast stuff, or only the epic stuff. I kind of get that. Like I might have mentioned this before that I saw Napalm Death do a set of only slow songs, 
which is yeah. weird because it's napalm death, right? If you do something like that, I can see it really working. It's like I don't, I don't really want to just go on about the set list because, but it's such a song selection is such a crucial aspect of a gig, right? Yeah, of course. And I, I heard a few people like got what they class as unlucky with their set list as well because like they wanted the bangers, and it seemed like some other cities did just get that. So it was a bit weird that they just decided to, you know, do sort of one extreme or the other. Yeah, Abby messaged me after the London show and said, "Don't look up the set list for tonight. For tonight, <laughs> you'll cry." Because it was he knows like most what most of my favourite clutch songs are, and apparently they played all of them, and they played none of them in Newcastle. Rough. Which it, well, sort of. I still had a great time though, right? Yeah. That's the thing is that I didn't come out. It's not like I saw Nine Inch Nails do a I think subheadline at Sonisphere like. T- 12, 13 years ago, probably longer than that now, actually, might be, in fact, yeah, I remember, it was, it was, this is how I remember it, it was the, uh, the Ashes breakthrough of England spin bowler Graham Swan, and that I remember that was 2009, which, yeah, when, when Matt was literally still, hi, squeaky voice, um, <laughs> um, still about, you know, five foot 11, but, um, just squeaky, um, but Nine Inch Nails did this weird set at Sonosphere where it was it was only B-sides and rarities. And it's Nine Inch Nails in the blazing sunshine in the summertime when it's really hot and no one knows any of the songs. Now, I understand that's Trent Reznor being like, fuck you to uh, mm. basically everyone because that's what he does. But if you're in the crowd, it's kind of rubbish. That's weird, yeah. Unless you're, unless you're a diehard, like the, I mean, most people would not have known any of the songs. Seeing Nine Inch Nails, like, period, sounds like a terrible time, so... Yeah, there is that, too. Yeah, the thing is, I was kind of on the fence on on them, and then I saw that, and I went, fuck you, and it's just taken (laughs) them ever since. Like, if you're going to say fuck you to me, then of course I'm going to turn around and do it back. It, it's a people uh, don't people don't react to you saying fuck you by saying I like you now. Well, some people do, but there's there's a, a very kind of specific mindset that likes that. But most people don't. Most people would rather say, "Hey, Metallica family," right? The, the famous kind of thing he did at Download one year, which was went viral because it was hilarious and it was hilarious watching it in the field. But that, there's a reason people love Metallica like that, even though they've done some things which have kind of tried to piss people off but because you've still got Papa Het at the front gate saying hey we're a big family it works if you're there saying fuck you and the horse you rode in on then people go nah. Clutch weren't doing that they were saying right let's see <laughs> they were kind of doing the so you like Clutch can, how many of their albums can you name right they were doing that almost which yeah. was kind of fun because it did Good take test. you to yeah, but it, at the same time, it's clutch so that it's it's like it's done with a, a wink in the eye. Yeah, of course. So it's I didn't I didn't get any kind of. I think it was an interesting creative decision. I have to say, I can sympathise with bands who tour a lot and just play the same songs time after time. No, I completely get that. I'd hate that. Your bands, especially that have been like going thirty years and they have that like one song they have to play every night. I'd fucking. Yeah, years ago, back in the days before Twitter became awful and people could actually talk to people who were quite famous and get a reply and it'd be quite nice-natured, I saw Mark Morton from Lamb of God get asked, are there any Lamb of God songs that you're just kind of 
done with that you played so many times you're bored with and without without any hesitation he immediately responded black label i am so fucking sick of that song because at that point they've been playing it for you know, like 15 20 years and of course yeah. they played it every show for 15 or 20 years because they always finished on it they might still and i kind of went yeah of course you're going to be bored of it by now exactly doesn't mean you think it's bad. It's just you've you've killed it. Anyway, that was uh, that was my nice time. Uh, we're going to get begin the show proper because yes, it takes us twelve minutes to get down to business. Title of my sex tape. Yes, I know. Um, I bet you've you've missed it's those back. jokes. Yeah, it was. Good. It's only taken me twelve minutes to make a title <laughs> of my sex tapes joke as well. Um, we're going to begin with a camp with a clamp cassock. We, we we've invented a new. Yeah, we've invented a uh, new section of the show. We're going to be with a, begin with a clamp classic, or even a camp classic, to what it actually says in my notes, but I can't read, apparently. Uh, Sp- <laughs> that was courtesy of Dr. Spooner, for anyone who knows who he is. Uh, this is where we take a work of metal that spoke to us as queers and explain why. This time, we're looking at Split My Tongue by Shamash, taken from the 2014 album Contradiction. Uh, first things first, as usual, Matthew, where are you on Shamash? Mm, sort of nowhere, really. I don't think I knew too much of their stuff. Um, there was a band that split up like two or three years ago. I can't remember the name, but I quite liked them. Um, and everyone said that they were sort of were very similar to Shamash. And so I had them on my list of bands to go into, which is you know now like three thousand pages long. Um, but I don't think I got around to it. But I enjoyed this. This was a good song. It is a good song. And um, this was. I have to get this out of the way first. The first time I read the name, I immediately went Borat. Yes, Mish, because that was huge at the time. <laughs> and I just went, actually, I am sufficiently old and was in sufficiently the right crowd at school that I remember Borat being a character on uh, the 11 o'clock show, which launched. Uh, who was the other, apart from um, Sasha Baron Cohen, who was the other world famous comedian who was launched by that show, which was this niche Channel 4 show, which got cancelled after about four series? I genuinely have no idea. I don't even know that that was a thing. Ricky Gervais. Oh, really? Ricky Gervais, who did these like really offensive monologues and was just provocative for no purpose. He was doing exactly the same shit as he <laughs> is now. Um, he has even back then. <laughs> yeah, he has not changed his his uh, show in twenty five years. He's only just got more annoying and more rich, and fewer people can actually tell him stop doing that now, you prick. Um, <laughs> I know, I've just revealed what I think about him. Anyway, Finals um, was good though. Was it? I didn't watch it. I find it ghastly. Oh no! The, oh, I didn't know it was a show, but no, the books, like the kids' books, I used to have them. I used to love them. They were very funny. But so no, I'm not reading anything that man's written because it will be a, a, just really cringe. Um, and he's apparently not very nice. I've heard allegedly. Um, <laughs> lawyers. Um, I got pitched this band when I worked at Terrorizer, and it was a PR who never pitched me hard anything. Right, he, it, like there might be a kind of email or a phone call or something, but he actually said, "I want to take you for a drink because I've got a band to pick, pitch you." And he'd never done that. And I went, "Okay, I'm listening." And he pitched Shamash, and he kind of told me the story who they were, and he sent me the album, and he said, 
listen to it and get back to me and tell me what you think. And it was at the end of this song, I think there was a, there's a point midway through the song where it, it goes from being quite slow and quite building, and it's, it's this kind of sudden break, and it just becomes incredibly aggressive, right? And it was that moment that I just opened up my email and started writing, replying and saying, yeah, they'll get a feature. And it was, the, it was just the most instant, this band are amazing thing. Um, they then really tried to make me hate them because their next album was a triple album. Everyone's favorite. Yeah, don't don't make triple albums. Like if you, if they if you have three albums that are in on standalone good, release three albums. It, if this is the kind of thing, that's the kind of thing that you do as a sit down show with a with a, an interval. It's not something you do as a, a an album. It just doesn't suit the format at all. And the really annoying thing is, each one does not work on its own. You can't. It's not like seven 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 trilogy that. Blue House Nor did when you can like listen to one each individually, it makes sense, or you can listen to all three back to back if you really choose to and see what they're trying to do with it, and it still makes sense. If you try and listen to Triangle in three goes it individually, it's just clearly unfinished, and it's it doesn't it's un very unsatisfying. So they really tried to lose me, and then their last album, Hearts of No Light, is fucking brilliant. I'm genuinely one of the best black metal albums I've heard this century. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, very much still a sort of thing. I'm hoping for new music. They keep promising, they're certainly doing shows and promising new things, so I'm hoping something. They have guitar sound as well. I keep saying that, you, you know that um, Portuguese band, Garia, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have a real thing that I hate their guitar sound. I think they are really, really good songwriters, but their guitar sound just kind of is wet and slides off your face. Mm. It's just kind of... It's like it's a pulled punch, right? And I keep, I keep, I have genuinely messaged someone I know who's close to the band and said, "Can can Chris just send his guitar settings to that band, please, please, please? It would just fix them immediately because um, their guitar sound is amazing as well as like writing brilliant songs. They do this thing, their ability to do mesmeric while still being incredibly aggressive, not wafty." is really frank this is almost kind of um before batushka went wrong there's a kind of a similar thing sort of not it's not like hard liturgical stuff or anything like that but it's there's this kind of um religiosity and and, mes and kind of um religious reverie thing going on which is is really really cool and it's really fucking evil because where's obviously batushka is all rooted in orthodox liturgy this is it sounds pretty satanic to me and it's it the lyrics seem to confirm that and it's doing that as a as reverie i think is amazing anyway on to why this eight minute odyssey into satan's temple is a camp classic uh, did you get anything that spoke to your queer side <laughs> i'm well aware the answer here is almost certainly no Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was like, first show back, maybe he's giving me something nice and easy. Um, <laughs> no. Listening to this, I mean, it's definitely not a musical thing, at least for me. And lyrics, so I was like, eh, I'm not so sure. I mean, like, nah. I don't, uh, yeah, you go. I've, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, this is the kind of thing that only comes to you after listening to a song for kind of seven or eight years, right? This was a comparatively recent revelation to me. This isn't mm. something I thought at the time. Um, the song from my reading is about being told how Satan's the one to be scared of, but God is the nice guy who will save you, and then discovering that the inverse is true and Satan sets you free. Any disagreement on that at all? Yeah, no, so I, I sort of got that. It's like it's the last verse, isn't it? That's like the inverse thing. And, uh, yeah. I think, like, for me, that was, I guess, like, when 
if you have a good coming out experience it's there's a moment in that where i think like everything seems great and sort of freeing all at once and that was sort of i guess what i got from that verse that's sort of similar it's kind of parallel but i had a slightly kind of more specific angle with it Uh, to me that always sounds like what we would both have heard about our queerness right that it's it's bad that it's it's kind of dangerous that it's evil in um spiritual terms and that you know you will be good and safe and happy if you're straight but that's actually a load of shit and that being who we are and loving men is actually wonderful and beautiful oh no you don't do that do you sorry but uh, trust me trust me it's really fun and it's really wonderful and it's really gorgeous and great and that the people telling us to resist it are actually the deceitful ones who are lying to us not to protect us but to control us that Mm. they want to kind of say don't do that because i don't want you to do that i'm going to tell you there's a reason but it's basically just i don't like it so i don't want you to do it um much like and it's much like the song is saying that god does right Uh, whatever your opinion on the theological side of that that's what i'm talking about the metaphor only i'm not saying whether i agree with that or not does that make sense yeah sure i think like it's sort of ties in with you know the people that sort of say oh there's a gay agenda you know you're trying to push on us or whatever they just seem to be more obsessed with it like fucking 99.9% of us like just want to get on with our lives and they're the ones sort of making it a big deal so yeah like well, there's just no need for it is there? like just stay out of our business like mm. yeah it's just, i just keep remembering the the mateo lane joke uh, mateo lane is a, an american comedian who is in, just vastly gay i mean he's he <laughs> He made the uh, joke that his he and his brother are both so gay that uh, he imagines his uh, uh, gynecologist must examine his mother's uterus and kind of opens things up and and just has oh come out. <laughs> um, he but he tells a joke that you know at gay pride you've got like this uh, incredibly um, shaved oiled guy in a thong gyrating to pop music, but there should also be like the a float representing the other side of gayness, which is like two middle-aged lesbians trying to pay their mortgage. It's just, yeah, that's exactly. a lot of what our lives are. It's incredibly mundane and boring most yeah, of the time. Like, similar to fucking every other person on the planet. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like you. If we're the gay agenda does not protect us from the cost of living crisis. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like those people that sort of say that, like they are the ones that sort of think that that's our full personality, and I think they forget that you know that's like a very little part of it really and we are just doing the same things as them for the rest of our lives yeah and it's, they forget that we can be like nerds who spend far too much time listening to really obscure music right as yeah. well as as well as you know being you know, quite interested in cock um the question i kind of had for you because i was i wondered if you would kind of reach the same conclusion because you have more experience of this than i did from the religious angle uh, mm. did you kind of do you feel the way that the song clearly feels about god that did you feel the same same way about the kind of the religious bigots you got lectured by at schools at school sorry in what way in that actually you kind of you were told that they were the the ones who were being truthful and the ones who were looking out for you but kind of with hindsight you realized that actually no they weren't yeah definitely with hindsight i think 
that it's relatively recent thing, like within the last few years. Um, even though I sort of designed my religion when I was, I don't know, what was I, fourteen ish, I guess. Um, it's only been in the last few years where I've really sort of like looked back upon that and been like, yeah, that's this is why that was bollocks. I think those first few years when I like after I'd sort of designed that, I tried just to not really think about it because I knew sort of what it had done to me and uh, you know, in regards to my sexuality and stuff like that. Um so it's only been I guess when I've been a bit more um secure in myself that I've sort of gone back and looked at that and yeah, they just they just told you these things about yourself that we're so you know oh this is this is the facts and it's like well it's not like who says it's 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 bollocks isn't it i'm very suspicious about anyone who tells you that you should do something without giving you a a reason other than jesus says or something like that right because there are an awful lot of moral um judgments that you can you can make that are based off of something completely independent of just this document from 2000 years ago says so right so so you know don't you know run over people with your car it's a fairly easy moral moral choice because you shouldn't run over people because it will really hurt them and hurting people is bad because you've robbed them of their health and, and and potentially life right that's an awful thing to do that's why you shouldn't do it i don't need a kind of fourth century uh second century bc um deity to scare me out of doing that because it's it's quite an easy moral decision to do well i don't drive but you know the, the point stands that i even if i could i wouldn't go mowing people down and i don't think anyone else would because it's a, a really horrendous idea but when it comes to why okay why shouldn't i have sex with a man the answer is is usually kind of circular and it's usually something based on nonsense, or they, or it's just based on Jesus. Yeah, exactly. But now, like, you know, there's obviously many Christians these days who have no problem with that a lot. They sort of pick and choose what they want to read from the Bible, and it's like, well, make your mind up. You know what I mean? I'd rather you hate me at this point. What you say? Um, there are plenty, but the you know the Church of England has just reconfirmed that it's not going to like have any interest in saying nice things about our couples, right? Totally. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not really bothered personally because I wasn't ever ex- expected to go near a priest and ask for his blessing. Um, might be quite funny to. Uh, write some really filthy wedding vows and not tell the vicar until the day <laughs> that would be quite amusing but i th- i th- seem to think that they would work out quite quickly when i said can we get married in your church that i was taking the piss um <laughs> but it it does bother me that the the message is still kind of no we're bad and that there are people who are less kind of secure in themselves than we are who will yeah, be hurt exactly. by that and there will be other people who've been inspired by that cc my, my, I can use my faith as a reason not to like you when almost yeah. always it's not used. It's, the faith isn't the reason you don't like us. You didn't like us already, and the faith is being used as an excuse. Yeah. But I mean, like, generally, like, what you said is sort of how I feel like there's there's no reason. Like, you ask why, why should these people hate us? There's nothing. And that's sort of like how I feel about most things in life. Like, if I can't, if there's no sort of facts to, you know, lead me to believe something, then I'm probably not going to believe it. Like, I'm quite a skeptical person in general, but you know like gotta give me something haven't you 
<laughs> yeah, at least start with some reasoning. Yeah, exactly. Let's have a base, shall we? <laughs> yeah, if there's some evidence involved, that would be helpful in particular. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, I think that is split my tongue by Shamash explained. Uh, now, after all that talk of split tongues, I think I need to wet my whistle. Care to join me, Matt? Always. We stride into the Hate Crew Gay Bar, where everything is in exactly the place you remember it, but something you can't put your finger on has changed slightly. Have you ever had that in a bar before? Um, so, as you know, I went to Poland um, a few weeks ago uh, with a couple of mates um, for the first time since pre-COVID. And we went there in like January 2020, before the world ended, and we sort of like had a couple of bars which were our thing. We were in there every night. We went back to those this year. Well, one of them was closed, which was sad, and then the other one was shit. So, yeah. Sad, sad times. Uh, that, that's kind of not quite what I mean, though, because I used to go at the crowbar, and if I hadn't been for a month or two, I would walk in and I would look around, and everything would seem to be in exactly the place I remembered it. But something was different, and I couldn't put my finger on what. And it was usually, it was almost certainly that they'd done something like tr change the drip trays or something, or that, you know, <laughs> uh, one of the neon signs had been, had fallen off the wall and they hadn't put it back in quite the same place, or that someone mm -hmm. had, you know, that the, I can't remember who it was, but it might have been, pro been a, a naughty band that I don't like to talk about anymore, who um, won a golden god, got really drunk and left it in the crowbar and it just stayed there. And they just kind of moved it around the back shelf every so often. That was really, but there was something in there. I was just going, something's not the same, and it's really bothering me, and I can't work out why. Anyway, this is our heavy metal gay bar where we come every show to update the jukebox with new music. We think rules. Uh, we don't know what each other is bringing beforehand, so we might overlap occasionally, and it's possible we might not have heard each other's stuff. But hey, we're not a review show, and. Anyway, if we're if we've got to explain what it sounds like to each other, there's a better chance you might know what it sounds like by the end of it too. So uh, rather than just having two bickering queens in your ear, uh, or in, or maybe just like us waxing lyrical and just making a general mess with all the froth. Uh, first show back, and there really hasn't been that much out this year. So I'm assuming you've got some 2022 stuff for us, Matt. Yes, indeed. I've uh, got the uh, September, I think, released a new album from a band called An Abstract Illusion from Sweden. Um, it's just it's a bit. So yeah, it's sort of... A oh, you've heard it. <laughs> no, it, I've heard it, yeah. and they, it's, I can tell you, it's not spoiler, they sound Swedish. <laughs> so it's sort of a mix between like black and death metal, but it's really sort of techy and proggy as well. But like, Just a bit, yeah. I mean, the the sort of vibe that you're giving me is that you might not agree with this, but like, I think it's really impressive how there is that, but there are still, well, I'd say there are still songs. It's 60 minutes long and it's essentially one song, um, which I know sounds incredibly pretentious, but it's sort of like... It's tech death, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, and it, like each song is sort of like a movement rather than a song, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I just feel like they just, I mean, the songwriting on this is incredible. Like they weave about a million genres into it and I find it really memorable as well, which I think, you know, to do with something like this, you know how I feel about like tech death sort of 99% of the time. Yeah. Um, you're not a fan. No, not really. Cause it just sounds wanky, doesn't it? And I think this, like there are actual memorable pieces of music and pretty much throughout, I feel like that, like 
it's well impressive as well i think how they go from one sort of style one genre to another um i think it's the third track it has it's you know like really fucking abrasive really heavy and then it manages to almost instantly go into like a sort of lo-fi chill beat which goes on for a couple of minutes with like these sort of jazzy bluesy solos over it oh i'm glad you spotted you said that because i was gonna say do you like it because it's really jazzy do you think so i think that's like a lot well not all of it but there's 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 a lot of bits which are very jazzy they use some nice piano stuff like that yeah the dissonance dissonance, that's very very (laughs) yeah 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 but this this weird shit going on over the place i think it's like like the first piece is like three four minutes or something it's like a intro piece almost like an overture sort of thing and then there's just some mad shit coming in straight away with like organs and stuff like that which again they're very sort of against the melodies that you're hearing but seem to work and basically i've just fucking completely fallen in love with this so go on break my heart (laughs) no i'm not going to because i got recommended this ages ago and i listened to it and i went i don't think i get this and I, the dissonance was a problem for me because, it, mm. uh, although they use it quite sparingly, I don't really like dissonance. I can ex- I can learn to appreciate it in specific contexts. Like the last Interarmor album started really dissonant, yeah. but then you, but then it gets to there's a song a few tracks in called Stillness, which just kind of is it, it, all this kind of chaotic dissonance just kind of s- opens out into this vast sprawling space, and I suddenly go, oh, that's what they're doing, and it's brilliant, but. Because they're using it in a very, very different way, it's it that kind of for me was a bit of a stumbling block. But over and above that, I just kind of I didn't hate it or anything because it's I mean it's certainly very technically impressive, and I it sounds a lot like one of those musician albums, right? Where yeah. the people who like it most are people who play guitar and particularly who play jazzy yeah. guitar or techy or you know play very technical music themselves, or at least would like to, even if they can't quite manage it, right? But I just kind of went, I, there's a lot here that I should like, but I, it's just not working, and I don't know why. So what is it that you're kind of feeling when you listen to it? Because atmospherically is where I kind of stumble down, because there's these massive grandiose bits where it's kind of really OTT and bombastic. Yeah. And I kind of go, I'm not quite sure what I'm meant to be feeling here, because it doesn't feel, it's really chaotic in terms of its, like, it's structurally quite unusual. It's got lots of bits that don't necessarily seem to be automatic, comfortable bedfellows. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's trying to do that just to fuck with me. It sounds like it's trying to do it with a much more specific and constructed purpose. And I'm not sure I'm getting it. So what is it you're hearing? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, It doesn't sound like it's just being showy. It sounds like they are trying to get you to to feel something. And that is it for me. Like, I've listened to this so many times now and there's still things i'm sort of picking up from it and i still don't really know what the fuck is going on i just know i like it a lot but oh that i feel less bad now because i have no (laughs) fucking clue either yeah no i just i do feel like i've just been on this journey and like there's so many emotions going on like throughout the whole album and then you just come out of it and i don't know like catharsis i guess is it it's just sort of does seem like a roller coaster or like massive range of what's going on and I guess, you know, the way, not to get like all um, existential, but like the way the world is these days, it's like, yeah, I think you need something like this to sort of ground you a little bit. Um, so I think that, you know, that helps. And I would usually hate the idea of something like, you know, I've heard, I've heard three or four other albums over the last uh, year or so that have been like 
one song but have been like an hour or something and like it can generally fuck off but i just think like this that's what has impressed me so much about this because i should hate that as a concert but i fucking love this yeah one song over like over that long can generally fuck off unless it is um dope smoker or uh um Bellwitch. mirror or yeah bellwitch yeah. mirror <laughs> those are basically the only exception um i'm trying to think if there are any others i think there was this like weird sort of sort of black metal but sort of drifting into post-rock album i heard a couple of years ago which was similar um the last shores of Nell album was trying to do that and it just didn't work um so generally avoid it but i love that oh really uh i lo- i loved the two albums that came before it but not so much the last one um because uh, I listened to this and just went, I really don't get it. I mean, it's listen, it is a bit pretentious, right? You can't make put this. I don't many think ideas. you can make an album like this that's not a little bit though, can you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's it never sets off my bullshit alarm, right? Yeah, no, exactly. That's that's the kind of thing. If you step on that, like, it's it's over. I'm just I'm never going to be able to listen to it seriously. And it it was way this. It was way the right side of that. It was just kind of it never kind of hooked me it just it, it's the kind of thing where if the next time i'm still going to check them out because mm. i've got the feeling that at some point they're going to do something i'll get oh yeah now i get I it and then so. i'll go back and this I will make sense that, that might happen because this is sort of why i brought this on on the first show back because i thought this was well you um so yeah i think i think maybe you know either give it another go or just you know like wait till the next one although it's been like fucking six years or something since the last one so you might have a bit of a wait <laughs> yeah yeah but, well i haven't listened to it again recently because uh, i it's the kind of thing that if you if you get recommended something really passionately it makes so much more of a, a difference than like just kind of seeing something on a release radar or something yeah. Like if someone says, this is really good, you should go and check it out. That's quite powerful. And because someone did that with real conviction to me, I went, hmm. okay, I will. And it, because it didn't work, I thought, well, let's come back to it again. And maybe it's just the mood I'm in. But And it was the weird thing was, though, I was on a bit of a death metal run last year, and it still didn't grab me. But maybe though was on too much of a death metal run, and this was kind of too much of its own thing. Anyway. Hmm. Um. An abstract illusion by Woe has been added to the jukebox. Uh, my other, picks this week... Other, other way around. <laughs> oh, of course it is. Sorry, there is a band called Woe. I keep making that mistake because there is a black metal band called Woe, and I keep making that mistake. There is, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. Woe, by an abstract illusion, has been added to the jukebox, not the other way around. Um, my picks this week are actually from 2023, because this year has already thrown up two Ooh. genuine top 20 contenders for me uh first up is a band that are a marker for how much my tastes have changed in recent years or not really changed just kind of evolved and expanded because uh, the last time this band did an album which was in 2015 i i wasn't a fan and i just i just went that's not for me stylistically and moved on um it was a bit slow it was a bit sad their new album i fucking adore i think it's amazing the band is ahab who are a german funeral doom band who sings songs mostly about the sea hence the name Ahab. Um, and I'm putting their new album, The Coral Tombs, into the jukebox. It's obviously very heavy. I just called it Funeral Doom. Uh, and by and large, it's quite slow. Again, Funeral Doom. Uh, but it's absolutely beautiful. Again, Funeral You know, sometimes genres are useful because I have... The, calling it Funeral Doom, if you know what it sounds like, yeah. sounds like that. It, the, it, the emphasis is much more on singing than making the... Noises, but it's it's... There is still some of that. 
Um, have you heard this one? Or is it something yeah. you heard? So you saw the pitch and just went, nope. No, no, I've heard it. It's, uh, it's a bit much, isn't it? Fucking hell. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it is one that I'll go back to because on the first list, I just, you know, you get those albums that you're like, bloody Christ. Like, I got like two or three songs in and I was like, I think this is very fucking good, but I need something which is not this right now. Um, but you know, like, if you know what you've brought on a couple of things, sort of maybe 50% of which I've hated, a 50% of which I've loved, and this I'm sort of in the middle at the minute, so it's again, yeah, something I need to go back to to make a proper opinion of. Yeah, it, it, come back to it when you're, like, more in the mood for it, because it is very yeah. much a be in the right mood for it. Um, and the thing that kind of has done it for me is how gorgeous the clean vocals are. Because that some of those melodic lines are absolutely kind of heartbreaking, um, and the, the kind of the way the songs build and swell, um, and and then calm down before getting angry again, it's very appropriate for a band that's singing about the sea. Uh, they they, I've got a song on here called "The Sea Is a Desert," um, and it's just got this fucking incredible intro and this this build up to the song proper I and mean, don't get me wrong the rest of the song is amazing as well but the intro is just this kind of long slow building brooding thing with with kind of layered guitars on top of each other not much else going on at first and then it kind of slowly expands i am a sucker for songs with kind of long slow building intros you know you've heard me dick off about cult of luna a lot by now right and uh by wardruna as well has a like it's it's 10 minute song about seven minutes of which are intro right and and that's <laughs> one of my favorite songs ever and you also ha might have heard me talk about how i quite like like to band called alt replace just a little bit um so don't get me wrong i'm very much the target market for that song but even then i just went oh i think i love this and that song was for me the point i went this is just wonderful and i'm just gonna have to go back and check out everything that i heard from them before that i went meh not for me because it definitely is now i think you um you are also quite picky with funeral funeral doom right I, i'm picky with really horrible doom right. funeral doom i'm really finding out yeah the more melody you put into it or you know, as long as there is like some gorgeous melody, I, I can be an absolute sucker for it. I mean, mm. hellish form a couple of years ago fucking blew me away, and um, yeah, you know, mournful congregation and morning beloved and all that stuff. Love them. So it, I can be a real sucker for this stuff. Yeah, because I'm sort of trying to sort of place where exactly this would sit in that whole thing. Because like this isn't hellish form but it's also not like skepticism or something like that and i'm trying to work out i guess what sort of things that i could relate it to to try and sort of get it to click with me more because there are, i think there's sort of more going on here than a lot of those funeral doom bands because they can sometimes be a bit one-dimensional that's not necessarily a bad thing because i think it works for that sort of sound but there is i think definitely more going on here yeah and i've i've I'm not going to name them because it's not fair, but uh, I saw a quite small funeral doom band do a open for a like three band bill at the Black Heart once, and it was laughable. I mean, it was, it was laugh out loud funny. It was so silly. It was just kind of <laughs> it totally jumped the shark. It just wasn't it wasn't working. It wasn't good. Yeah. Um, 
I'm probably not the person to sort of like say, oh, if you like this, you should go and listen to this, this, and this, and this, because I'm kind of I'm only realizing the last few years that I'm a complete sucker for it. And right. like, as I said, when they lasted an album in 2015, not interested. Not only not interested, just went no. Just really took, kind of took against the whole stylistic thing it came from. So I am absolutely a convert. So I'm not the person to ask about what should I listen to next. But in terms of I like the stuff where there is beauty amongst the horror, which is the whole yeah. point of Funeral yeah, exactly. Doom, right? Yeah. And this is very much the beauty more than the horror. And there is some nasty stuff. It opens with, um, is it Ulthar, the German black metal band that's um, guest on the uh, on track one and Evoken guest on the ends and uh, on the last track. So those bits are kind of quite... Grr. Yeah, yeah, no, it's Ulthar, not Ulthar. Sorry, there, there's Ulthar and Ulthar, and I get them mixed up all the time. Both are good. I just kind of get them confused. Um, actually, I might talk about Ulthar another time. Um, anyway, I love it when a band win you over. Uh, the Coral Tombs by Ahab has been added to the jukebox. Uh, my other pick this week is incredibly predictable. It's Sky Vault of Stars. By... No, no, it's Sky Vault of Stars by Catatonia. Oh, yeah. uh, no, I, I wasn't sold on the new obituary record. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. I love obituary, but I just For thought sure. the new album was... I just thought it was... I thought it was decent. I didn't think it was bad. Yeah. I just think... Like, I think you need to do a bit more than that to win me over these days with a, a kind of straight-up death metal. Or, I, I mean, immolation are what I'm... Are the kind of the... They're the bar that I normally set. Like, if you, if you can't make me enjoy your new album as much as like your old shit and you're not as good as the new, new immolation records then i'm kind of not bothered and i love a cl classic obituary amazing but you know, yeah. no but the new catatonia album is just fucking gorgeous and i don't care that they're much more of a kind of proggy moody rock band than a doom or even a metal band these days i just fucking love their songs i absolutely love their guitar parts i love their moody atmosphere i Love Jonas's voice because he's amazing. I just love them. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, oh, it's, oh, it's quite a lot. It's fucking lovely, isn't it? Um, it's I like sort of all the gothic touches and all that. Like that you said about the atmosphere, the production on this is incredible. Like it sounds just oh yeah, it sounds a million dollars. It? I want this band to take on to others out on tour so much because I think there's a good. Um, connection between those bands like these days with what uh Katarina did i can't remember i think it was the first single um there was one of the songs on this album uh specifically that i was like yeah that's so i'm not saying they've been listening to them to others but like i've not heard that in their sound before and i just don't compliment each other so well but they, they have more of that uh almost new wave element at times as well which i don't think really has been in their sound before and yeah it's fucking lovely in it Catatonia Leprous uh, unto others to that I would pay quite a lot of money to see that. Yeah, um, I would cry a lot. Of but I would, organs. Yeah, and or an organ um, to uh, make the uh, jokes about joke Dave Mustaine once made about um, Elton John uh, doesn't want f flowers on his piano; he wants two lips on his organ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I, I know that I should be offended by that joke, but I still find it quite funny. I'm, <laughs> I'm just shallow, apparently. Um, you you say that um, they haven't been listened to unto others. You know who I think they have been listening to? Phil Collins. 
because you know the bit from In the Air Tonight, right? That's that's on this album. Not once, but twice. It's on two songs. They use it on both Opaline and Sclera. And I just immediately, the first time I heard it, I went, they've been listening to Phil Collins. And I turned around and said, that's my better high. I can't say that I've noticed that. And that's very annoying that you've not pointed that out. It's it's so <laughs> it's brilliant. I love it. and I don't say that to say oh they've been listening to Phil Collins. Ooh. I say that no, that's brilliant. I love that bit when they do that. I went, I love that. Um, it's every song is a fucking better. There is not a week, even yeah. the bonus song. Bonus tracks are normally the let's skip it. Um, but the bonus track's great as well. Um, and there's like. Colossal Shade, I think that's song track two, is it possibly? Um, that opens like leaders. And if you're going to make me think of some of stuff you've done before, like invoking The Great Cold Distance is a bit of a double-edged sword, because on the one hand, I'm going, this sounds a bit like The Great Cold Distance, and that's one of the best albums ever made. And that that's a good thing. But on the other hand, I might go, oh, I really like The Great Cold Distance, but this isn't quite as good. Nope, just as good. Brilliant. Like, you're invoking your best shit and making me go, yep, this stands up there. It's so fucking good. They have just continued to... You know how the, all the best bands keep getting better? Like, uh, until yeah. the, until they just kind of... They're fighting against age, which Catatonia are miles away from that. Yeah. Like, they, they're they better at their craft. He's a better singer. He's They're better songwriters. They're, you know, their guitar parts are just more interesting, and they can do more with less. They don't need the metal to have impact, right? That's yeah. why... You know how um, uh, we've spoken about how Opeth cutting out the death metal and just saying we're not doing the metal anymore was a big mistake because it it didn't they weren't doing it for a specific purpose they would they've limited their sound and they've done a bunch of stuff where how they had where I've just gone that bit should be death metal and it'd be back better um, they just kind of have gone we want to sound like a seventies prog band which I kind of I understand that but you're you're stylistically limiting yourself. You're not freeing yourself by saying, we're not going to do that. Whereas with like Leprous and Catatonia, the difference is that I don't think they are consciously avoiding metal because there are heavy bits on here. And there are bits where I just go, that does actually sound a bit metal. It's just they're going, most of the time we don't need it. Yeah, I think that's what's like so impressive because yeah, so many bands have that danger. And you know, a lot, a lot of them do it for a... Uh, you know, cynical reasons, which again, like this is so not that because the songs are still incredible. They've just managed to sort of mature and to streamline their songs and to sort of be more polished and less metal, but still just as good. So it's, yeah, I think it's a fucking sick. Oh, I'm really glad you agree because I I was expecting to like have to fight a corner here, but no. Really? Nah. Well, I thought you might go because. There's a touch of the Issa Holopinens here. Sorry, Silver Lake by Issa Holopinen by Silver Lake by Issa Holopinen, right? There's a, there was a, there's at least one song where I go, this sounds like one of the songs on Silver Lake by Issa Holopinen. Matt might vigorously hate this. I mean, admittedly, it's a lot less silly and it's a lot less ridiculous. Yeah, I think that's probably what's why I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah and it, Jonas always sounds like he's like his heart's breaking. Like, I have to say, a lot of these songs sound like a divorce. Like, there's a lot of songs where I'm going. This this sounds like someone is is showing pulling back the curtain and showing quite a lot of their life to us. But I always feel like that with Catatonia that they're telling me too much. Oops, a sad band, aren't they? The thing is, if you meet them, they're perfect. They're perfectly upbeat and very nice. It's always the way, though. Isn't it? 
Yeah, it's because um, they've sorted all their shit out with the music. <laughs> but but the, no, they they don't like you interview them and they they they're quite upbeat. And don't forget, the same guys in, are in Bloodbath by and large. Yeah. Like that's the other thing, right? They don't need metal because they're in fucking Bloodbath, <laughs> right? If, if you're writing, and also Bloodbath have made some fucking great metal records recently, so it's clearly not that they've just gone. Oh, oh I'm, oh, I'm not, I'm not like that anymore. No, they're they're in fucking Bloodbath. They just don't need Catatonia to be death metal as well. Uh, anyway, Sky Void of Stars by Catatonia has been added to the joke to the joke box to the joke box. I could do with a new joke box. Uh, and while we will have more new music for it in two weeks' time, for now it is Tid at the Hatecrew Gay Bar, and that's all we have for Hellbent for Metal 96. Uh, Matt, it's fucking lovely to be back on the air with you. Yeah, right? That was nice, wasn't it? I missed it. Yeah, it's been far <laughs> too long. I need to, like, not be ill. Um... <laughs> Until two weeks' time, then, uh, listen to Shamash, An Abstract Illusion, Ahab, and Catatonia, and with a little help, I will get better. Adieu! Bye! Just like riding a bike. I don't know why I left that pause there. That made it sound like I was about to make a dirty <laughs> joke, which for once I wasn't. Just... <laughs>